With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and UpSnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Transformation with Tara Sutphin. Tara Sutphin is the author of Blame It on Your Past Lives and Soul Agreements, three audio CD series, metaphysical meditations, sourcing series, and sleep programming. Tara has also collaborated with Emmy Award-winning Shane Stanley and Marla Maples on numerous DVDs. Tara Sutphin is a master in the psychic sciences. If you'd like to find out more about Tara's work, upcoming seminars, and meditations to help you fulfill your dreams, visit her website at tarasutphin.com. Welcome to Transformations with Tara. This is Tara Sutphin, and my guest today is Andrew Brewer. And he is known as the Rock and Roll Psychic, and he was voted the 57th best, most trusted psychic in the world. And, you know, he's part of my, what I call my psychic posse. I have such great, amazing psychics around me, and Andrew, I would say that you're not number 57th. You're probably, like, one of the top 10. So, <laughs> welcome, Andrew Brewer. You are so good to me. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I do. I, I have the most incredible psychics around me. You know, I mean, I have Cameron Steele. I have Ali Cheslick. I, I have Angelica Perman. I have, like, a lot of really incredible psychics. Um, all my teens that I've trained, Jason McKean, uh, I have some really amazing uh, uh, psychics. But, uh you know, my I had a best friend who died um, a week and a half ago, and uh, he didn't know Ali Cheslick, but he gave Ali Cheslick a message for me, which I thought was really cute. Yeah, so so they know, you know, my my, and he was a great psychic. He was the Irish seer Patrick Smith. Oh wow, is that who that was? You know, it's funny because mm-hmm. I was on a radio show with you and him. One time, right? Not too, not too long ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Patrick loved Patrick. Knew Patrick very well. Uh, Patrick had I had met in Ireland in Galway, Ireland. Uh, I was doing the Mind Body Spirit Festival there, and um, gosh, early nineties, early nineteen nineties, and um, he came to to my seminar, and it was. Gale force storm in Ireland. It was just, it was crazy. It was crazy, but everybody came and, and, uh, uh, then they were a group of people. They were probably about a group of 10 and we ran around, crisscrossed all of Ireland with this group of 10 people and they were just so much fun. We, we went up to, um, Sl- Selena Banda, which is a, uh, run by a couple who are um, follow Osho, 
and uh, the uh, Rajneesh, you know, uh, back in the day. And so they um, have this incredible farmhouse that has uh, extra room in it and, and a had a had a, a seminar kind of facility uh, there and a dolmen stone just on top of the hill and uh, we did a druid sweat lodge there and we just had a blast had a blast the two weeks that I was there I mean it was just incredible so anyway Patrick Smith he won the lottery um, that Christmas. And he asked if he could use his money from the lottery, which was the exact amount to come to with for a ticket to Los Angeles. And we said, yeah, sure, come on over. And uh, then he started coming in and out of America. He married uh, Jackie um, Jordan um, in 2002. And um, so it stayed. He stayed longer. And... Um, yeah, he became a permanent resident here in America after after 2002. Um, well, I'm going to tell you a very quick story. Yes. Really quick story. About two minutes, five minutes at the max, before I called in, I have this subscription to this website called Script, which is kind of like a Netflix for books. And, I, and I'm actually rereading your book online. Blame on your past lives. And I'm looking at books on reincarnation. This one book pops out to me, and it is called Past Lives, Present Story. And in my head, there's a, there's a form of divination called stickomancy, which is like you open books and you get... Oh, out. I like that. I love that. I do so, that all the time. All the time. So this is five minutes before I call in. I get to look on page 162 in this book. And at the bottom of the book, it's talking about professional psychics. But the very first line is this. A few years later, I traveled to Ireland for research. While exploring a forest in Killarney, I paused to rest beside a lake. Suddenly, every inch of my skin prickled with recognition. I was standing in the same landscape I'd seen in my regression. Suddenly, I sensed someone was watching it. I glanced up and the feeling was confirmed. One of the psychics was gazing at me with a dreamy look on her face. I strolled over to her and she seemed to jerk back to full awareness. Yeah, there's these crazy um, quizzes on Facebook. So I did a quiz last night. Uh, You know, somebody had sent me, like, what am I going to be noted for on CNN? Which then the thing that they said was that I had won the lottery twice. Yeah, and it's weird kind of drive-by psychic thing. So it's just interesting that, that, that I'm doing a radio show with you. I'm rereading, because I have your book back in Ohio, because uh, I'm in Nashville right now. I'm rereading your book. I go to this book. The page number pops in my head, and it's talking about a professional psychic with greetings from Ireland. So there you go. That is so great. I love it. And then, yeah, and, and I asked you to do the radio show last night. Yeah, last night. So. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. But that, nice. I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's a, you know, I mean, the connections that we have. I mean, just like you're talking about psychic friends and you and I have been friends. And there's a certain kind of core group, like kind of like vampires recognize vampires. And probably everybody has. But, <laughs> every, I mean, vampires. I think there's. Uh, but you know is, what I mean. There's a sense where you recognize your tribe and you feel that kind of kinship, and I think that's the beauty 
of of being I don't want to say somewhat eccentric, but being in your in your in your true space of who you are. Because there is a sense like for the job that we have, we have really amazing connections with people like super fast. I mean it's like amazing connections with people like in two minutes. And and it's it's a it's a way of living and a way of being that most people don't really have. I mean people will tell you in these things and connect with us and have this relationship with us like immediately, right? I mean, it's something that's part of what we do, it's part of how we deal with people. But I mean, that, like when you're talking about Patrick and to have that kind of connection, my guess is for you that connection hasn't really stopped. Kind of like, you know, with me reading this, you know, paragraphs in this book. I mean, that connection, when you have those connections and you have this sense of intuition and kind of living on whatever level we live on, those those relationships don't have to stop in the same way. I mean, right. you know what I mean? There's there's a connection that that, that kind of keeps on going. And, now, um, that connection, yeah, definitely. I would have never said that, like when I met him or kind of uh, fe- felt that. But um, now, now what I've realized is that. He probably will be one of my conduits, especially now that I'm doing a lot of channeling. I'm channeling a benda, like even, um, you know, verbally. So I think that he will be there to um, guide and give information because he was such a, a beloved soul, um, such a priest, you know, uh, who walked the earth. You know, when I talked to him, and I only talked to him just that one time when I was on the show with the two and he seemed he had that kind of impish, fun kind of energy. And, you know, that that energy, that kind of playful kind of energy, when it's blended with intuition, is, is a powerful force. You know, I mean, it's... it's uh, and you have a very powerful energy. I mean, I've said this for however long that we've known each other. But but I think so much of that is is allowing people to see you, you know? And allowing yourself to be vulnerable to being seen, and and he seemed to have that kind of vibe to me. Yeah, yeah, he he did. He was always really friendly and really. Uh, uh, women just went crazy for him. It was just, it, it, I mean, you know, I had I led his memorial, and it's almost like there was going to be a dog fight. <laughs> you know, they were all so adorable. Adorable, and how much they loved Patrick, and he loved me most. You know, I mean, it was just so adorable. I I loved it. I really loved it. But the thing is, is um, uh, because he was he was one of those really kind, understanding people, and um, he had he didn't uh, create a lot of dissension among people. So there was always a, a flow. And uh, deep understanding. Uh, you know, he was somebody who, uh, uh, if you wanted to know your deepest psychosis, you could ask him, yeah, what is it? And uh, so I asked him a few times, like, what is it with me now? And he would say, do you really want to know, Tara? <laughs> I'd say, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. You know, I won't, I won't uh, freak out. And so, you know. He was a pretty funny guy. 
Well, I missed all that because when you talked about people clamoring to get to him, then my phone went totally dead. So I think they were elbowing me out of, like, this space. So, again, that's also sort of entertaining to me. Um, you know, it's interesting, you know, so much of our lives professionally are tied into reincarnation. And, yes. I mean, you and I probably are probably more known about the stuff we've done with past lives and maybe any other aspect of what we do over the course of our career. And, um, and it's always fascinating when you look at the way in which people look at death and, and what happens after death and what it all means. And, and um, you know, I, I tend to think that there's a sense that there's, we're sort of here and there at the same time. It's not so much that this ends and we go somewhere else as much as the, the sort of the, the channel switches a little bit. You know, I mean, I think there is that kind of connection. And, um, you know, so it's so important for me. I mean, a big part of, and the reason I knew who you were is, of course, because I was so fascinated with past lives when I was younger and kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And I managed the store, and I had, you know, um, had all your stuff in back in the, uh, in the 80s and 90s. But... Um, but when you look at the way that people connect with, and there's always a theme to radio shows, it's weird how they develop, right? When you look at the way in which people connect and people feel love and people feel uh, this sense of loss, it, you know, I've been through that and you've been through that, but after all these years, I'm inclined to think that that connection, just like, you know, him perhaps, you know, sticking this page number in my head, uh, continues, and if you're open to it, and you allow yourself to stay calm, and you allow yourself to feel that love without the pain that really initially has to come with it, I think those connections and that information and and whatever that essence kind of keeps going with you. I, I believe that. I can't prove that, but I believe that. Yeah, no, it, I believe that too. I mean, you know, I'm so happy that you're reading um, Blame It on Your Past Lives. You know, I have the Abenda well, Chronicles. I have Chronicles. that book. I've had it for a long mm. time. Yeah, and then I have the Abenda Chronicles. And then with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I have actually another, um, the part two of the Bender Chronicles I haven't published yet. But those are, um, you know, all the great letters that my channel has written over the years. And uh, what uh, to explain to everybody what that is, is that 
my guide doesn't necessarily know uh, what's happening in your life, but she calls in someone who loves you very much or your spirit guide and they speak at, or they uh, write and uh, usually I let them, you know, um, write through my hand and uh, they tell you messages. And, uh, you know, I've done that since the early 1990s, like 19. Well, I did it in the 80s, actually, early 80s. But then I started doing it professionally in the early 1990s. Um, yeah, so it's um, uh, something that, you know, has uh, been over and over and over. You know, I've gotten uh, great, great uh, confirmation for everyone that's ever had that done. But, um, yeah, so, so yeah, the, the Abenda letters, um, were really wonderful. But, uh, Patty Sanger, you know, the millionaire matchmaker, she's the one who's really, uh, for the last, you know, she's re- read with me for years and years. And she says, Oh, you know, I want Abenda to speak. Will you try? And I always didn't, well, she doesn't want like just anybody speaking through me. Abenda doesn't, but she says that, um, so she said that she would. And so I, I practiced and, um, it was really easy for me. I thought, oh, this isn't going to be very easy, but it's easy because I have Jess Stern on the other side too. My, you know, great friend who was yoga, youth and reincarnation, the sleeping prophet, all about Ed, Edgar Casey. You know, uh, he's up there as well. And he, I work with him a lot. And so I talked to him and she, you know, uses my voice now. It works pretty well for questions. My very first paid job of any kind related to metaphysics, I don't know if I've told you this, there's kind of a funny story out there real quick. My very first job was in 1987 as a bouncer, a bodyguard for a channeler. Okay. <laughs> a bodyguard. A they bodyguard. needed a bodyguard. Was yes, it just a such a bad thing then? You know, and people wanted to beat well, up. No, this was in the this is in the Ramsey era. You know, when that was just oh, the, right. when Jay Z Knight was just coming out. And this was so I was working at a bookstore, and I just and I knew Jay Z. And through so Jess. she came to all the Jess's parties. Yeah. So so there was a woman. Her name was Penny Torres, and she she channeled someone by the name of Mafu. And Mafu came to Ohio, and I knew these people at this bookstore where I later started working and how I started my professional career through this bookstore. But but they wanted me to come, and I didn't want to spend the money, whatever it was. So they said, we're going to get you in, but this is what you have to do. So, the very, so I ended up being the bodyguard, the bouncer for Mafu. But... But I'm doing this book now. Again, this is weird. This is where this is the weirdest show you and I've ever done. I think, but that's this kind of cool. Uh, where it's about past lives and multiple. I, you know, I, I still believe that there's potentially multiple. Like there's like three or four of us. And so I have this dude. His name is William, and I always see him. He has like kind of like a cream-colored suit. He wears spats. He's his own kind. Of, his own kind of entertaining. And so. Just like with you, with a bender, the, the stuff pops in my head and it just rolls out. Um, I had the, the good fortune long, long ago when I was a young sprout of meeting a woman by the name of Sandy Roman, you may know as Sanaya Roman. And mm-hmm. so I got to work with Sanaya Roman back in the 70s, and she was amazing. Oh, my God, she was amazing, incredible. Whew. Unbelievable. So um, 
So a lot of the stuff that I've used ever since then, I initially was exposed to through Sanaya, who wrote a bunch of books later in the 80s. And, uh, an incredible, incredible talent. Oh, my God. So good. But I met her at a birthday party. And one of the people at the birthday party, you may know her, was, was Helen Wambaugh, who wrote oh, a bunch yes. of books from past lives. Yes. Um, you know, back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So she was at this party, and then I met Sandy Roman, and I didn't know her from The Man on the Moon, I didn't know any of these people except for Helen Wambaugh, and the woman that invited me. And um, so that's kind of how I got started, a lot of, you know, in retrospect, was through that past life class, and that's where I met this woman in this past life class. She thought I was cute. She invited me to her birthday party. in Mill Valley. I met all these people, poof, and I met tonight Roman at her birthday party, and there you go. So wow. 35 years later... I'm on radio talking about it. Life is entertaining. Right. And you got me on the radio, I mean, initially, because you were always asking me to be on the radio in the 90s, and I was scared. (laughs) Yeah, well, I knew. I knew that that you had it. You know, I mean, initially, you know, I just had, uh, you know, since I wanted to talk to you. But but I knew that you had this, this power to you. You know what I mean? I just knew it. So, I mean, it turns out in retrospect, I was right. So that's a good thing. And I think, you know, again, it kind of goes back to potential talents that people have. Like, um, I just, again, it's like in the, in the kind of the weird synchronicity drive-by psychic universe that we live in. I just had a friend of mine, who's a professional musician, who posted this thing, and he lives in, in Nashville. I mean, he lives in Knoxville now, but he's a He's a country, been a, been a, uh, a keyboard player for a lot of big acts, including Tammy Wynette, a bunch of big acts. And so he posts the thing about reincarnation. This young kid, he's 11 years old. He's like an amazing jazz pianist. Incredible. So I started posting a lot of things that I had written in the past about certain people being the reincarnation of other people. Right? And um, But the reason I'm saying this is that I think, again, for you and me, some of those connections we have with people, it's because when we look at them, we see this sort of layering effect of what they're bringing with them and sort of the essence of who they are. And, um, and for any, anybody, not just you and me, you don't have to be a professional psychic to do this, is that if you allow yourself to really kind of be quiet and calm, you, you can pick these things up. It's, this, um, it's a kind of a vibratory pattern. And um, and most of intuition is just really helping people be calm enough to pay attention, you know. But uh, it's, so the, the circle is <laughs> the circle of wagons of the story. It's because I saw those things in you right from the get go, and I could see like the little vapor trail coming behind you. I mean, you were like an incredibly and still are just like an off the chain beautiful woman. Of course, you know, as a young guy, that gets Thank my you. attention. But, but, but more than that, I knew that you had this other thing because I could see it in your photos. That's the way I used to do readings back before there was an internet when people would always come to you. When I first started when I was in my 20s, I would have people bring their baby pictures because the baby photos have an energy to it. There's an essence to that child. So the baby comes in with kind of an optimal path, right? So the all the skills and the talents and, and the emotional predispositions that you 
you're bringing with you is right there. Yeah, right there. I agree. And then you look at the person right in front of you. So where they're at, minus what the baby brought, is kind of their karma, right? Right. Like what choices did you make? Right. Yeah, because we always have choices. And so... And and that's where I feel that past life works so well is because, you know, you have choices. And so what choices did you make in the past life that, you know, created havoc or chaos or didn't work out or that that your talents and your skills uh, brought you to to success and uh, to accomplish great goals and to have a great family and and uh, those sort of things, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And and where are you going to emulate those again? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't always look at, you know, people say that things haven't worked out for them or they've had relationships and haven't been successful or whatever. I don't worry about that so much because because if you think about it, people go through certain types of experiences to frame the way they experience what comes next. So maybe it was essential for an individual to have certain things that they might have looked at as maybe not so successful or not so happy. I mean, those things are past, right? The, the kind of the echo is still there. Well, you're not in that space anymore. So right. you have the wisdom and you have the transformation that's accrued as a result of having these types of experiences. So, boom, you get into the situation, and now timing is right, your state of mind is right, your emotional history is in alignment, you're in a good space, something even better. I mean, I, I'm, you know, my unicorn is half full, and that's the way I look at it. So I don't, I don't begrudge things. I mean, I don't like things not to work, but I don't begrudge them in the same way that I might have, you know, 20 years, 40 years ago. I look at it a lot differently. And um, and it changes the way in which I see other people's uh, sort of path, too. I think, again, I tend to be less about predictions and more about emotion. I mean, in a lot of ways, I've shifted my whole um, style of, of doing work as a psychic, too, is as a result of the way I see things. I've shifted myself. And that's translated into a different way of working. Yeah. For me, I feel, uh, too, that um, experiences can change you and they can taint you. And you can get upset about things and people that you do attract in your life. But the bottom line that I have found with myself is that I live uh, by my values. And my values are all about love. I live in the love camp. Uh, my family means everything to me, and um, I I heal through love, and I don't heal through pain. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play somebody's crappy games. That's so that's what I do. That's that's beautiful. I mean, when people make those affirmations, the universe tends to echo that. I mean, that's if right. you really solid in that, it tends to be the way that the game plays out. Yeah. Most people come to psychics because they've been taught not to like themselves. Have been taught that the choice, the things that they really want, they shouldn't want them, and so it's a compromise. The compromise doesn't really work in this world. So when you when you tune out all the stuff of what you should be and what's wrong with you, and just go, this is really, you know, I'm kind of happy with this, and this is really what I'd like to do. Then stuff happens. It's and that's the reason I think I have job security, and we have job security in this in this kind of crazy universe that we live in as far as work world, is because so many people are constantly bombarded. You're too fat, you're too short, you're too tall, you're too rich, right. you're too poor, you're too something. Well, you're not, you know? And um, and it's, it's in getting people to 
embrace their own sense of possibility for themselves. I mean, that changes them. And if you can do just that one thing, which is not just a little thing, but if you can help people do that, things change their world, like, really quickly. Yes. Yes, stepping into their best self instead of their worst self. I mean, you just don't fall for it. You know, there's always people that are going to drag you down. It's like, no, no, no. Yeah, go go the high road. I'm going to go the high road or the low road. Go the high road. You know, nothing matters but going that high road. Yeah, you know, we should take a commercial break. I am talking to Andrew Brewer. He is the rock and roll psychic. He is one of the greatest psychics in the world. And we will be right back. Welcome to Transformation with Tara Sutphin. If you'd like to find out more about Tara's work, upcoming seminars, and meditations, visit her website at tarasutphin.com. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You've listened to the shows on CTR, and perhaps you've found yourself thinking, maybe I should host my own show, but I don't know how. It's easier than you think. From the beginning, with private coaching sessions to your own live broadcasts, CTR Network will prepare you on every level to share your knowledge, expand your brand, and take your business to the next level. At CTR, we nurture your vision and make it a radio reality. Contact Cameron Steele at 425-221-3646 or Cameron at CTRnetwork.com and put your dream into motion today. Want to become a member of an amazing and fun group of individuals? Then you need to join the Contact Talk Radio Network. When you join Contact Talk Radio, you join our social network, where you can chat with the show hosts and other members, post pictures, even videos. When you join Contact Talk Radio, you receive exclusive information about our shows, events, and all the latest happenings. When you join Contact Talk Radio, you become a member of our team, blazing a trail to greater understanding of the world we live in. Signing up takes less than a minute, and boom, you're in. Don't wait. Come join us. Visit contacttalkradio.com now and click sign up. Welcome to Transformation with Tara Sutphin. Become involved now by calling 877-230-3062. 
Welcome back to Transformations with Tara. This is Tara Sutton. And my guest, Andrew Brewer. I want you to all be able to find Andrew Brewer. He's a really great psychic. It is andrewbrewer.com. But it's Andrew, A-N-D-R-E-W, dash, Brewer, B-R-E-W-E-R.com. Correct? Andrew? Yes, that's correct. That's correct. Thank you. Yeah, there's another Andrew Brewer, so I have to put a hyphen between the Andrew and the Brewer. Okay. And like when I was an actor, there's already an Andrew Brewer, so I had to have a middle name, so. Yeah. So, Andrew Bassano Brewer, right? Yeah, Bassano is a family name. I just made made it up through the middle. I thought I liked it, but it's a family name from way back. So if you go back far enough, we were Italians, and then we were, you know, Court musicians for Queen Elizabeth Henry VIII and like this kind of kind of entertaining family. So I thought they were the most theatrical of the clan, and I just threw them in there. Oh, I can't imagine that you have an entertaining family. I mean, you you're colorful and and so fun. Yeah. Well, thank you, oh, no. thank you. We're, 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 yeah, we're so not surprised. <laughs> yeah, my mother's a total diva. I mean, total diva. Oh my God. Oh yes. Yeah. Does she still have her young boyfriend? Yeah, she still has a young boyfriend. So my mother's going to be 90 next month, and she's starting to get just a teeny bit senile. But, how, like, her big claim is, like, oh, honey, how old do you think I am? She's one of those. She goes, I didn't have a wrinkle until I was 85. I'm like, oh, she's, <laughs> she's one of those kinds of women. I love it. So she's, I hope I'm that. I hope I'm she's a diva. She's a hoot, man. She's like the Cougar Hall of Fame, uh, you know, um, first ballad. You know, mm-hmm. she's amazing. But, yeah, so that's. So anyway, the website is andrew-brewer.com. Thank you. Yes. And so sessions, seminars, workshops, past lives, you know, you can go to Andrew. Yeah, and I'm going to be doing CDs next month. That's kind of cool. Well, it's time. It's time. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. Yeah. I'll give you some critique if you want. You know, we've done a lot of production of other people's stuff. Um, yeah, Jason, I'm going to uh, go to Kansas City with Fifth Element Music with Tara Diso and Rossemeyer Turdridge, who's these amazing musicians. They've been like New Age artists of the year and all sorts of stuff. Perfect. So uh, they actually have a recording studio in their home. So I'm going to have like, you know, professional production. They're friends of mine. And, you know, I pay them to, you know, so I'm going to go once they get done touring and once I get through Halloween, which is like my national holiday, the, the busiest time of my year is Halloween, right? You know, in October. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing as a psychic that it would be that way, right? So, um, so then once we get through Halloween, then I'll probably leave Nashville and go to Kansas City and go back to Ohio for a little bit. But. Halloween, I'm in Sedona. I'm doing oh, the that's mystic training. Good for you. Yeah, I do. I do the mystic training around Halloween. I really always love it. So um, this year it is on Halloween and November first. So I have a few spaces left, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be great. I love it. Love it. Love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to. um, I have uh, somebody coming in from New Zealand, and I'm trying to get up to the uh, a shaman that I know in Utah. So we'll see if I can pull that together or not. We'll figure it out. If a group wants to go to Utah, see the shaman. Wow, that would be fantastic. Yeah, you know, it's, it's fun. And, and since I'm the president of Awakening Spiritual Unity, which is an Alaska Native corporation, nonprofit corporation, you know, I have a lot of uh, ins with uh, the Native uh, communities and uh, finding the 
really coolest shaman upon the earth. Yeah. So. That's incredible. You know, I always knew that my great great grandmother was Cherokee. I've got pictures of her. But I didn't realize until a few months ago that my great grandmother on my uh, father's mother's side of the family, my father's grandfather was a full blooded Apache. I didn't even know that. Like well, they hide that kind of stuff. They do hide it. Wow, right? she must have been rebellious. An Apache at no Yeah, place. yeah, that's what. And she, I heard that she was like amazing and beautiful, had this long hair. I had heard about her. But I never knew that she was an Apache. And, like, so, again, it's like, you know, family, I don't know why people thought that that wasn't something you talked about. It's weird. But well, I, there's you know, a lot of secrets like that. You know, I'm Scottish. If you're Scottish or Irish, there was a lot of secrets with that. And now Germans and, yeah, and Jewish and, you know, you name it. We, there's been a lot of hush-hush. Yeah. But I just think it's like the here. coolest thing ever, you know, so. Um, mm. It is. Now it is. Yeah. Has a has a cool mystique now. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I have um, something to ask a little bit uh, what, what's been happening with me. You know, I had Patrick, lost Patrick, but um, – Yesterday, I got really super terrible news from one of my very best friends. Her son was killed, and um, it's all over the news. He was uh, he was doing a TV show, and his and his um, name was Johnny Strange, and he's um, was in Switzerland in his wingsuit and died. Um, you, um, can you like give me any sort of like? Um, beautiful condolences or anything for Dinette, for what would his spirit guide say or him or... So I want you to tell me yeah. two or three words about him that, you, that you've heard from his mother. Two or three words that you've heard from his mother about him over the years. Well, I was around him a lot, you know, I knew him, you know, when he was a baby and everything. So, um... He used to do the funniest things and say the funniest little things. He was very observant and would hold back. And he wasn't really um, uh, uh, super – he didn't like strangers a whole lot. You know, he was a, a very uh, – uh, a baby who was observant. But he um, – uh, So here, I'm going to give you the image that I'm going to get. I'm just going to Okay. Um, she – she was she was very tickled by him all the time. She he inter, he was the entertainment of the family. So what I see, Tara, the first image I see is of the little boy, and he seems like kind of a ham a little bit, and he's, he's around a- what looks to me like a koi pond. It's like a little pond or something, you know, a small thing like in a garden, mm-hmm. and he's holding this puppy, and he's always like holding things like flowers and dogs and turtles or whatever. Like holding them up, like look at me, take my picture, kind of energy. But the koi pond seems significant to me, whatever this little round fish pond thing is. I mean, the other thing with this is that when you think about this child and you think about him as a child, because this is a way the parents are probably going to relate to him the most, he seems to have a natural, kind of inquisitive, kind of a always wants to know things, always wants to ask questions. Why is the grass green? Why is it like that? 
so so the the beauty of what comes out of that when you have a child who is lively and wants to live in the moment and is happy and it has a happy kind of energy to me. So a child like that who gets into many people who get into the entertainment business go because they're sad, right? They go because there's a sadness to them. There's a, there's a there's a there's a missing element to a lot of them. But I don't really feel that with him. He doesn't he doesn't come up he doesn't show up to me that way. The way I feel about him is he was always very lively, always very, uh, I don't want to say pranksterish, but sort of. And Just sort of. You got it. It's sort of. It's not really that he was prank. He didn't do pranks, but he was sort of. But he has a kind of impish yeah. thing. In a way, he reminds mm-hmm. me of Patrick, of the way I thought about him when I did the radio show. Mm-hmm. They seem in a lot of ways kind of similar. Very similar. You're right. You're right. Um, so I, you know, like I don't have any history with him. I, I just know that that you know, you told me that he was on, you know, he's on MTV, right? Wasn't that what he was on? I think so. Yeah. So, but but so I'm just going with the pictures that are coming to me as the child. But you know, sometimes when you have like little girls that want to tap dance and they always want you to look at them, he has that kind of energy to me. He has that sense. Of if there's a camera, I want to be in front of it. And but but the connection, none of that's really so important. I mean, the connection for because you asked me about his mother, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing that I feel is that this was a child who had a great sense of feeling accepted. So when yes. people like we just talked about 15 minutes ago. Most people feel unloved or unworthy, and that's what drives their behavior. He doesn't come across like that. So if a, if a young man has that sense of who he is, he cannot have that sense of who he is if he did not have a strong relationship with his parents. I mean, right. The, the probability oh, that yeah. is, not, is not so he, good. So right. His parents this, loved him. Oh, my God. So there has to yes. be a very strong mutual kind of admiration mm-hmm society going between the parents. So so I guess if there's anything I would say to his mom, and I've lost a child and it's, it's just, mm-hmm. uh, there's nothing. There's nothing that prepares you for it and it doesn't, it doesn't stop for a long time. I mean, her world will be different. And you don't need a psychic to tell her that. But, but the connection, the connection that he had to have felt with with his father too. He seemed like really into his father, like hardcore to me. Like hardcore. his dad was like like yep. like a god to him kind of. And he has that yep. sort of like hero worship. Was that true yep. with his father? Was yes. his father kind of bigger yes. than life in some sense? Yes. Yes. He was very much into both his parents. Mm-hmm. But it seems like his dad to me is someone that he looked up to like kind of a hero, kind of like uh like he was like a rock he wasn't a rock star, but his, to him, he was like a rock star, like a, you know, like a, you know, Wonder Man kind of energy. Yeah, his that. dad is very, very successful, hugely successful. So so he, he looks at his father as like, kind of like the yardstick of what is, once, you know, what, what a man is. Like, he's good looking, and he's strong, and he's powerful, and he slays dragons, and he doesn't take any grief from anybody, but he's kind, and 
funny. I mean, he, True. Uh, not to take anything away from the mother, but for whatever reason, this thing with the father, because I don't know him from the man on the moon, right? I'm trying to get a sense mm-hmm. of, of some way to validate that I'm having some sort of sense of who he is. So to me, what's showing up to me right this very second is the sense of his father, because I'm getting to his mother, his father being this amazing, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, conquer all foes kind of thing, right? Yes. So, but his mother is always there. There's a, there's a dignity to his mother. There's a kind of a, so he's got this amazing, larger-than-life father that he looks up to. He wants to be some element of his father. Something about his father he wants to reproduce, he wants to recreate. But his mother is sort of his ace in the hole. And his mother is his safety zone. Yes. His father is a little tension. But the mother, there's, the tension's not there, right? So so the father is like a, like a light that you go to. The mother is a light that comes to him. So, so the way that I see him, and again, there's psychic knows all, and you know, and, but the way that I feel about him is that his relationship with both of them was incredibly positive. And, and, the, and his parents, and you and I are blessed to have really amazing children, super beautiful daughters, and, you know, a lot of good stuff. Oh, yeah. um, the thing that, that, that shows up to me for his mother is that he, he felt safe enough to, to go off sideways because he, has a, he had an inner core that was secure, and that inner core in large part was through his mother. So his, his role model probably was his father. And does he have a brother, too, that was an athlete? No. No, it's probably just the father, fathers. With his father no, because they're athlete? all athletes. They're all okay. athletic. Yeah, they do huge athletic things together. Climb okay. mountains and... All right. Yeah. So, um... I mean, like, climb Everest. I'm mean, not not uh, just mountains. They climb, like, Denali. It seems like there's, like, a younger <laughs> energy around him that's, like, a real strong, like, almost, like, professional-level athlete that seems to be important to him. I don't know if he had a friend or somebody that, like, connected oh, to him. All his friends. All his friends may have been a professional, professional athlete or was super athletic. Yes. That was important to him. But um, the mom is the safety zone, and as a result of the mom being the safety zone, he was able to take chances because he had that, that core centeredness that in large measure came because his mother would allow him to go off center because she would always let him come back to center. I hope that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, she believed in the possibility of that you can be a champion. She had that. She 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 had that um, innate ability. You know, he may have pushed it, but I, you know, I don't know how much he was even pushed by the crew. You know, to to you know, they were probably on some kind of filming time limit type of thing. You know, which I. Well, I mean, you know, TV has its own. You know. Thing. Yeah, it's on thing to whereas I don't know, you know, if that made him nervous or, I mean, I don't, I don't know, you know, they've, 
that, you know, can make you sloppy a little bit, you know? Yeah, because they're in a hurry and, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, um, so I hope that makes sense. I mean, the, the other thing to think about with this, too, is if you are trying to create an environment for your child as a parent in which they feel enough love of themselves to be loving to other people. In a lot of respects, that's the greatest thing we can do as a parent is to allow a child to have a sense of who they are so that they can embrace the possibility of other people. Most people in this culture, sadly, are too busy tearing other people down because they don't feel good about themselves. They've got to step on your head in order to be four inches taller. Well, yeah, and the drugs and the alcohol and the suicides and all that stuff is out of control. It is out of control. And I have a really good friend who was a very famous uh, wrestler. I was just talking to him yesterday. I mean, he was like a, you know, world wrestling champion, world champion. And uh, it's weird. He's one of my best friends. And we were just talking about this literally yesterday. Um, I think the, the thing that I would say to his mom is that no matter how much this has to hurt her, and, and it has to, mm-hmm. at least know that this was a child who believed in his mm-hmm. mother. And that's a very important way to put it, believed in his mother. It's one thing to tolerate your mother. It's another thing to love your mother. But to believe in your mother, that's the way I want to say it. He believed in his mother, and he believed in what she always said to him. It's like there's a relationship. He looked at her as a mentor, as somebody he would go to as an advice. And a lot of us, you know, we don't like the last person we talk to is our mother, right? You know, great. Yeah. You know, I, I'll listen to you, but take your advice. I don't think that's going to help me. But for him, I think he did do that. And, and I think that it's very possible that his death will change certain things that will perhaps help other people be safer later. I think that that's likely also one of the outgrowths that comes out of this. Yeah, but, um, I agree. You know, so I don't know how that works. I don't know really that many particulars of his death or his career. I really don't know anything truthfully mm-hmm. about him, honestly. But uh, but he shows up to me as a really bright, a bright, spirity, happy, yes, you know, he jovial, was jovial, you know, steadily kind of dude to me. He has that vibe to me, and uh, but yeah. but not obnoxious about it. But, no, you know, never. But, and that, that always comes from, you know, that comes from a good, a good centeredness um, from childhood. You don't mm-hmm. act like that. I believe this is true. You don't act that way if you don't have a lot of nurturing and support and freedom. There's a, there's a, it's a fine line as a parent to f- provide freedom and safety. Yes. Yeah, that's not, for, that takes work, it takes effort, it takes time. Well, and he was a, really a daredevil. To whereas, you know, uh, the worst, the impish, the most impish thing he did was he surfed on top of a car on, um, oh, on the highway once. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was naughty that way. Well, I mean, you know, to me, I, you know, I fall off stuff and I just, and I think the girl, stuff. the little girl that had, he had, uh, surfed on her car. She had just gotten her driver's license. <laughs> she didn't realize that she had to tell him no, that you can't do this because she got her license suspended. <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing. Got her in a lot of trouble. Yeah. 
Yeah, but, so uh, I, I hope that makes sense. I mean, you know more about them than I do, but with that yeah. kind of my first impression, you know, like right in the spot doing a radio show. I mean, that's uh, that's my first impression, and I do think the the kind of final thing I would say to his mother. I mean, and she's likely to hear this. I'm, I'm guessing now, but yeah, um, is, yeah, we're in I touch. Th- I think the beauty of this is that his father was such an amazing role model, driving force in his life. His father had to be, again, bigger than life. He had to be like man's man, bigger than life kind of guy. And I'm actually kind of curious to see what his father looked like now. He must have been good looking or still probably and just had it all kind of going on. He does. His, his, his mo- and, and his mother comes across to me as an amazing, beautiful, magical woman that didn't, didn't, who sort of downplayed that for the benefit of other people, who could have been more rock stars had she wanted to, but made the choices to, I don't want to say serve, but to She's very, yeah, sis, she loves her kids, her three kids, yeah. So, um, so I mean, that's a choice. I mean, she could have been more, I mean, she probably could have had a lot of options, uh, that she didn't exercise to. And so knowing that, especially a child who, who has a sense of being a professional entertainer, uh, and there's, I mean, we've been on TV and, and there's a level of, when you've been on TV or whatever, people think that's exciting or then maybe whether it is or it isn't. But, I mean, there's a way in which people respond to you, right? Mm-hmm. So, so he's had to have had that experience. And, can, and, the, and the moral of this particular story, what I'm trying to get to, and I'm trying to hurry because I'm going to run out of time, is that he understands for his mother what she may have given up to help him get it. And he appreciates that. And that's the message. There's a message. It's that he understands what his mother passed on to give him a chance to have it for himself. And again, I hope that makes sense. Sure, sure. I love that. I love that. Well, I want everybody to be able to find you, Andrew. It's andrewbrewer.com, and it's a hyphen in the middle of Andrew, A-N-D-R-E-W, hyphen, brewer, B-R-E-W-E-R. Dot com and uh, sessions, appointments, readings, past life. What else do you do? Well, I mean, I'm you know, I mean, I do primarily um, you know, I'm a psychic, I do lots of past lives. I do regressions, but only if I'm live. I won't do regressions over the phone because I have to see you, I have to monitor what you're doing. Oh, really? Do. Oh, yeah, no, I do them over Skype. Well, I mean, you're you're mm-hmm. you know. I mean, I don't use Skype too much. I actually like doing readings better, like where I don't see people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's weird. I, I like, it's like, um, I actually enjoy it. I'm used to it now. But for me, I like to do regressions. I like to be able to look at their body language. I like to be able to see what's mm-hmm. going on. Um, I don't know. I'm sort of a one, you know, I'm a versatile guy. <laughs> what can I say? I know. But, it's uh, the modalities of the psychic world. Yeah. Uh, you know, Madame Andre knows all, sees all, tells some. That used to be my joke when I was on television, you know, when I was on TV. I was on an infomercial, you know, like a million years ago with Eric Estrada and Jenny Lee Harris and all those people. <laughs> so, you know, at 4 o'clock in the morning somewhere in America, I was on TV. That went on for 
for two years. That's what I told me. It was on for two years. It made so much money. It's crazy. But, um, awesome. But, you know, I mean, I do predictions sometimes. Most of my work now is really about emotions. I'm, I'm good at helping people stay calm. I think that's one of my talents. Yes. Yeah, I'm well, saying way clearing. You're seeing an, a way out, a solution for everybody when they're, and, uh, yeah, and, and to give them hope and, and calmness. You know, and I know that, uh, Dianette will love, um, your just assessment and everything today of John. Yeah, I hope it makes sense. I mean, it's all, well, it, it totally made thing. sense. You know, like I said, I've known him since he was a baby, so. And especially yeah. when you're doing it for, I mean, doing it for a third party that may, you know, hasn't really, sort of agreed to it, I'm, I'm trusting you. And the reason I only, the only reason I did this is because of my relationship with you, because I trust yes. you. Yes. And normally I wouldn't do that, you know, without her. Yeah, well, but, thank um, you. Thank you, Andrew, you know, you know exactly what I'm saying to you. Yeah, thank you for being on the show, and, and oh, blessings and love, everybody. And come to my mystic training, uh, terrasutfin.com. Andrew, Just send me that, and I'll... And I'll, I'll, I'll thank you for sharing your time Everything with Terrasutfin. Find out more about Tara's work, upcoming seminars, and meditations to help you fulfill your dreams by visiting her website at tarasutphan.com.